right, so uh, we're here today to talk about The Hanged Man, uh, which is in some ways a particularly interesting card because there are a lot of older names for this card, like from the Marseille deck and, you know, the earliest woodcut decks that specifically talk about the hanged man is a hanged man, but also with the understanding that that's like a criminal thing, like it's a punishment, um, the traitor. And, uh, which is this hanging by the foot while not, while not necessarily killing the person was intended to humiliate them. So I don't know if you remember this, but I remember reading somewhere that after the downfall of Mussolini, they dangled him upside down and like his relatives too, because people were so, um, they needed to like demonstrate that this was uh, a mark of shame and a rejection by the community. Anyway, so, um, but besides the traitor, the sacrifice, that's another older name, which we'll be talking a lot about sacrifice in this episode. Uh, we also have the spirit of the mighty waters. One thing I've noticed with these names is all three of the elemental cards or uh the mother letter cards are all the spirit of something. Is that so true? That, so yeah, the spirit so of something fire. The spirit of Aether for the mm -hmm. fool, which we've already done. The spirit of the mighty waters for this water card and uh the spirit of the primal fire or something for, for the judgment card. Cool. So they're mm -hmm. all the spirit of and then just thinking about, okay, the spirit of the mighty waters. So when I think of the word spirit, I often think of Keter. And when I think of the mighty waters, it makes me think of Bina. And um, another thing about those three elemental titles that all have the word spirit in it, they're also, all three of those are said to be a baptism of sorts. Mm. So we have the baptism by fire for the aeon or judgment and the baptism mm -hmm. by, in this card, the baptism by, by water, water, obviously. Indeed, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. So, um, so yeah, so we already immediately bring in this idea of water as having to do with the sacred in some, uh, in some way, some connection with the divine or holy water. Okay, so, um, and elementally, as you were saying, the hanged man is associated with water in the same way that the fool is associated with air and judgment is associated with fire. Those are our three elemental majors. So I think what we're going to be seeing through both of these cards is themes that have to do, you know, stretching back to this idea of the person who is separate from society for whatever reason, but also something of a holy fool or a holy, you know, um, saint or a sacri even a sacrificial god. Um, okay, so do we want to start by looking at water references? There's not really a lot of specifically water reference. I mean, yeah, it's funny that you know, know, unlike the zodiac and planetary cards, which are so explicit usually about references to each with water, it's just, you know, there's watery colors in both of them. Right. Um, you know, that the, the blue of his, uh, tunic there in the weight smith card and then all those watery colors, which we'll be talking about when we get to color scales, um, in the Thoth card. Okay. So, um, so yeah, well, there's plenty more to talk about, however. <laughs> I guess maybe we should start 
right in on the Kabbalah material. Are we? Yeah, ready I think to the do Kabbalah that? and the symbolism. You know, there's always there's so much symbolism in this card. That right? So yeah. If you want to start with Kabbalah, we can start there. One of the first things we can talk about with the Kabbalah material is the Hebrew letter that is associated with the hanged man, which is Mem. Which means water, <laughs> amazingly enough. Um, which is the letter M. <laughs> the sound of letter. running water right. and the sound of preceding silence. <laughs> as well as the sound preceding eating Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, and it's funny that uh, that mem actually means water because our other elemental letters don't mean air and fire do they what does shin mean fire oh okay tooth tooth tooth, but it's also like the shape of it is is like a flame is like a flame but aleph doesn't mean air no you know so anyway but mem actually does mean water it is in the the hebrew word for water uh which is mayim or mayim um let's see it's it's interesting i almost think of this as you know as water as a thirst for the spiritual for the divine for the connection with god which is a non-intellectual thing I mean, I think that when we talk about water in general, we, we're talking about matters of connection, the dissolution of boundaries between people and between people and the divine, um, between anything and anything. Dissolution's a good word. Yeah, yeah. For this card. For this card in particular. And yeah. also when I think of water, I think of not just actual water, but the astral fluid, the, the consciousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fluid. Right, in the way that, this is kind of similar to the way that when we talk about, you know, going into the astral, we're going into Yasod and the lunar watery realm where everything is connected. That's sort of a general concept um, we use in, in a number of different magical methodologies. I don't know. I never really thought about it before, but in the world where in the physical concrete world we live in, everything is kind of apparently separate and you have to go up a level <laughs> to go where everything's connected to the circuit board behind reality. Okay. So, uh, so path, the path we're talking about is on the pillar of form and we're going, yeah. yeah. And that whole pillar is watery in a sense because above um, mm-hmm. So this path is from Geborah to Hod, mm-hmm. and above it we have the path of the chariot from Bina to Geborah, bringing down the waters from Bina, and then here's more water coming down <laughs> from you know cardinal water of the chariot. Yeah, and it's interesting to have water on the pillar of form like that. I mean, in the idea that uh, water is requires a vessel to have a form. So I don't know. It's, it's something that. I always think about when I think about those two cards, the chariot and the hanged man, and what that might mean. One thing that's kind of interesting is in 777, there's a section where there's a like a short little thing on each of the letters. And under this one, Crowley says something like, um, the secret of this card is in the waters above and the waters below. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I the was trying to think Bina? about it. So I was thinking, well, the waters above are obviously Bina and, and the, the chariot, chariot coming yeah. down. And for the waters below, I was kind of thinking, well, it could be the um, other two water sign cards 
you know, mm-hmm. you um, have that are Scorpio actually below, below. Um, yeah. where this path is. So there's the death uh, card for Scorpio and the moon card for mm-hmm. Pisces. And they are so... Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. what he was getting yeah, at, true. but um, hmm. there you have... You never can know <laughs> right. what exactly he was thinking. And another um, thing about this path, so when you think of hanging, so mm-hmm. you mentioned that the hanged man is usually hanging by his foot mm-hmm. rather than his head, and he's suspended upside down. So if you think of that, you're, you have nothing underneath you. Mm-hmm. And if you think of that in terms of the path, so... Mm, because Hode is the lowest, uh, lowest Sephira on the pillar of yeah, form. Yeah, and and it's mm-hmm. like having no support underneath, and un- the underneath mm-hmm. being Hode. I think it kind of means suspend your intellect for a while, and with your head down in Hode, yeah. right? Because Hode. So we think of Hode as the Sephira of intellect because it's associated with Mercury. Uh, the, the power of reason, the power of thought. And in the hanged man, of course, his head is hanging down as if into hood, which right, is interesting. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of tells me yeah. something like, well, suspend, suspend judgment for a little while. Suspend yeah. your, your rational thinking <laughs> and look at things in a different way. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I like that. That's interesting. Then there's the posture in the card, which is, Ooh, there's yeah. a lot to talk about. Both cards have this crossed leg, uh, although they're kind they're of... They're crossed in different crossed, opposite directions. Yeah, opposite legs um, are crossed, but it's still forming a cross over a triangle. Yes. In either, either, both cases. In both cases, which we can think of as four over three, as the physical and the divine. Right, and there's a lot you can, if when you think about what, what does four over three mean, <laughs> there's so many things you can think of, you know, um, light over matter, you know, mm-hmm. the, the triangle of form for the first form of Bina with mm-hmm. the, the cross of, you know, extension above it, so. Mm-hmm. Or the 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 triangle being the supernals or the or the or the uh, father son holy spirit yeah. etc whichever you like we will also see this uh, idea of four and three when we get to temperance all the way in number fourteen where there's a four and a square with a triangle on the Rider Waite Smith temperance's uh, breast so and there's mm-hmm. also the um, association in this card with the tau cross so the yes. that they're hanging on that the hanged man is hanging on the shape of it in the at least in the uh, Wait smith card and i think it's crowley who says of this card it's the descent of light into darkness in order to redeem it mm-hmm. and then again that's like the cross which is the the light mm-hmm. over the triangle which is the darkness if you want to call it bina the darkness mm-hmm. of bina the so, darkness of bina yeah. interesting so this tau tau cross shape is interesting so the tree itself a lot of people have a really visceral reaction to this card. They think that it has, you know, to do with drowning or it has to do with hanging or death in some form. Um, kind of does. It kind of does. It kind of does. Maybe not in exactly the way that they think. And I think one really good illustration from this in, in literary culture comes from T.S. Eliot's poem, The Wasteland, where there's a famous scene where, um, Madame Sosostris, uh, gives a tarot reading for exactly one stanza. So I guess I'll just read the whole thing. Madame Sosostris, famous clairvoyant, had a bad cold, nevertheless is known to be the wisest woman in Europe with a wicked pack of cards. 
Here, said she, is your card, the drowned Phoenician sailor. Those are pearls that were his eyes. Look, here is Belladonna, the lady of the rocks, the lady of situations. Here is the man with three staves, and here the wheel, and here is the one-eyed merchant, and this card, which is blank, is something he carries on his back, which I am forbidden to see. I do not find the hanged man. Fear death by water. I see crowds of people walking round in a ring. Thank you. <laughs> so it's very cryptic. It specifically says it's not talking about the hanged man. And yet having those two in this, in such close proximity, that description of the drowned Phoenician sailor, um, the pearls, you know, if you, if you ever meet someone who studies T.S. Eliot and you mention the hanged man, they immediately go, Oh, you mean the drowned Phoenician sailor? Even though they're not the same, they're right there in the same stands and it's what people think of. So there's this notion of, um, of immersion and death that goes with it. Oh yeah, the Tau cross, right. So people say that the Tau cross was actually, a, it's a cross that's shaped like a T rather than a, a capital T rather than like a small T where the upper part goes through the crossbar. So the crossbar just kind of rests on top like it does in the Rider-Waite-Smith card. And that is supposedly actually what the cross of the crucifixion looked like, not like the, um, you know, cross, lower T cross that you see everywhere in Christian tradition, but this cross with a crossbar straight across the top like that. And so, you know, there's this connection with the letter Tau or Tav, which actually means in Hebrew cross, which will be, or Mark or something like that, which we'll be talking about when we get to the world card, right? Um, and there's also some, some people have noticed that the letter Mem, which is associated with the hanged man, looks a little bit like the letter Tav if you... And aren't they both at the center or... or of the, un, you know, the cube of space. Oh, if are you they? Un, if you unfold the cube of space, okay. I believe so. Yeah. So We're going to need a diagram there. of the cube of space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought Fortune's Wheelhouse couldn't get any nerdier, there's a, <laughs> there's a way of, uh, of arranging the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet along the faces, lines, and vertices of a cube. So that you can, you know, have one for each, for each of those elements. And, um, and yeah, so, <laughs> all right. So that's, that's worth looking at. Yeah. I think it just illustrates another connection between Mem and Tao mm -hmm. through the cube somehow. Um, yeah. That's this story of Mem and Tao. Um, the, uh, and that, of course, that letter Tau or Tav is associated with the world. This is a story that has to do with the redemption of the world. Um, and the idea that Crowley says something in Book of Thoth about, you know, when everything goes wrong, this is the solution. You know, you need to have someone of perfect innocence and high intellect who is sacrificed uh, in order to set the world to rights again, uh, should that be necessary. You know, so this idea that of the world uh, can be set in the balance um, in by Mem, the uh, the hanged man or the sacrificial messiah-like figure, and set to rights. I forgot to mention before the connection between Mem and Tav in terms of twelve and twenty-one being oh right reverse of each other. Yep. Okay, so oh, and we should talk about the the we have the Ankin, the hanged man, which is yep. like that. And there's also something else. Um 
So the the posture of the crossed legs that we see in both cards, Crowley refers to as the sleep of Shiloham, which I think is a reference to a type of, um, I guess you'd call it lucid dreaming. Mm, mm, interesting. Or lucid sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, um, really makes a lot of sense when you think about, you know, some of the other associations that go with this figure on the card, like the Odin myth. So, right. so the story of Odin, right, is that he goes uh, to the tree Yggdrasil, and what's the name of the monster underneath it? Oh, the monster, the serpent, or something in the yeah, waters beneath it. I can't remember it. the name of the monster, oh. but I, the the well mm. is the well of memory the or well. Mimir. Right, I think it's it's called Mimir's well, and yes. I think that's maybe oh, that's is that the, the name, name of the of monster? The serpent. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay, and um, more M's, and he goes there, and in exchange for wisdom, gives up his eye, and hangs on the tree for nine, nine days. days and nine nights. Yeah, so um. That there's this idea that it's the price you pay um, for something precious, and the idea that you go into kind of a waking dream, uh, where you alter your consciousness and uh, get something in return for doing that, just like this lucid sort of dream scenario. Dream scenario you're talking about, and and what I always think about with this card is um, the scene in Star Wars. Which one is it? It's on the ice planet Hoth, and I can never remember if it's in the first one or the second. Okay, so there's like uh, Luke Skywalker gets attacked by an ice animal, <laughs> I guess. It drags him to its lair. It strings him up to eat later, like it's its pantry. And he's hanging there. He wakes up bound and hanging by his foot, right? Just like the hanged man. And it's at that point, because he doesn't, he's had some, um, he has this lightsaber, but he hasn't really learned to use it. He doesn't have faith in himself as a Jedi. And it's lying there in the snow right beneath him. And he's struggling physically to try and get out of the situation. But then he uses his mind. Ah, the Empire Strikes Back. Thank you very much, Pete. So Mel's husband just gave us a hand here. <laughs> so, uh, so he, he's the cue card, the cue card Empire Strikes Back. So, uh, he uses his mind to extract the lightsaber from, uh, from the ice and, you know, and, and set himself free. So, you know, there's that mystical moment where you have, you achieve enlightenment or you achieve an understanding of your connection with the world, you know, backstage behind the scenes that allows you to do things that are not apparently possible in our world. I think that George Lucas was working, you know, with an army of mythologists. <laughs> he must have been, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. I mean, I, I believe he may have even been working with Joseph Campbell when he was, you know, constructing oh, cool. that scene. And he, you know, decided that this was this this scene where he was hanging by his foot was a really pivotal moment in that narrative. That's cool because that that sleep of Shiloham is said to be a gift of the holy guardian angel, Ooh. wherein you know once you achieve that, you get this state where you see the universe as clear as crystal when you're mm. in this state or something like that. Mm. Sounds that makes pleasant. Sense. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
there's what there are different ways of achieving gnosis, right? And there's inhibitory and excitatory. So you can either like have sex and drum and that's the excitatory, I guess, or inhibitory, uh, where you meditate. But there's also, you know, forms where you, where you put yourself in stress positions or make yourself extremely uncomfortable or don't eat or don't sleep or whatever. None of them are, you know, pleasant exactly, but I guess they get you from point A to point B. I know which one I'll pick. (laughs) So, so here we have someone who is in the process of achieving gnosis, it appears. Um, and other, you know, there are other sacrificial gods who are implied in this picture, like Osiris, who is sometimes considered the drowned god, right? Yes. I don't really know that myth very well. Do you? I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was buried under the waters, basically dismembered. Dismembered, dismembered first, right? and, and then... Yeah. And <laughs> I think he was placed in a coffin and floated mm-hmm. down the waters of Omenti or... Mm. Something like that. Right, right. Uh, so there's, there's another reference to that. And it's specifically not just the sacrificed god, but a drowned one here. So we have tree references. We have water references. And the Thoth card, I always think he really looks drowned. You know, there's, mm. uh, because of that whole. And he he kind of looks like he has a bubble on his head as well. <laughs> like, like, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like their version of the halo. But, you know, something about that whole scene looks exactly like a swimming pool to me. And I was just in a swimming pool this morning with my daughter, and the entire time I couldn't get this card out of my head. (laughs) Okay, so there's those tiles in the Thoth deck, which are supposed to actually represent... The Enochian tablets. Yes. Okay. So probably the water type. Probably the water (laughs) table. So, so in Enochian magic, which is a a tradition that started with John Dee, right? So I don't think they even called it Enochian. They called it angelic magic or something like that. There's this idea that you have, it's a very complex ceremonial form of magic with divine names and letters and numbers and ciphers and whatnot. But one of the things that's central to it is this idea of the four elemental tablets, um, which are also called the four watchtowers, which are basically a whole bunch of little squares, each of them covered with letters so that you rearrange in different ways to, to get angelic names. names and it's, yes. supposedly it's quite dangerous. But <laughs> but anyway, so this is supposed to be a representation of Elemental Tablet in the back of the Thoth card there, even though it looks exactly like your backsplash <laughs> or your swimming pool or what have you. The shower. Shower, yeah. I like the, um, if you look... We were talking about the cross and the triangle. Mm-hmm. We were when we talked about the fortune card. There was the eye in the triangle. Well, if you look at the shape of the triangle, especially it's evident in the in the Thoth card. His head is actually at the position where that eye in the the triangle, where that hidden oh, yes. vertus in the wheel of fortune would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like mm-hmm. in the wheel of fortune, mm-hmm. which. The Wheel of Fortune is, isn't it opposite, the opposite path of this card? Um, it is, in fact. So, so this, this card goes from Givora to Hod, and that card, and the Wheel of Fortune goes from Chesed to Netzach. Right, and they both have this eye in the triangle yeah, um, imagery yeah. hidden in the, in the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the shape of the hanged man's arms and the thoughts. Yeah, his arms that. form a triangle, and then his head would be in the place where the the eye in the, mm-hmm. the triangle mm-hmm. would be. Right, right. And so this ankh that is uh, around his foot, 
up there. Um, so that is another version of the Tau cross, right? Or the yep. crooks on Sata, the handled cross. A rose in the cross as well, um, bringing in Venus, uh, oh, a yeah. Venusian influence, which we see some Venusian, just the color green in this card and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the Ankh. Yeah, and what's interesting... So the Empress, yeah. right? Venus. Oh, the Empress, yeah. So if you think about the waters of the womb, mm-hmm. so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. this card is like a womb state. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the uh, Tau cross or the Ankh is the umbilical cord <laughs> or something like that. Um, the tree references are a little complicated in here. I mean, I don't mean just uh, the tree that, that, that the Waitsmith hangman is on, but I mean the tree of life. Because you would expect to see some Givora and Hode-specific references, but but more we have... Uh, references that seem to have to do with Keter and Malkut a little bit in the Thoth card. Like there's a, that sort of watery sun at the top of the Thoth yeah, card. Yeah, that's said to be Keter. Which is said to be Keter. And then there's that black and yellow, um, coiling mm. serpent at the bottom, which is very Malkutian. Mm-hmm. And I think that refers back to what we were saying before about the redemption of the world the spirit and the Mm -hmm. descent of spirit into matter the descent of spirit into matter right right so even though it may not be located in the center of the tree it seems to have to represent that function in a way you know the idea that we that that you have to um send spirit down into matter to redeem it then there's the 18 rays coming out of the bubble on his head. Um, oh, you counted rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 18 so, rays. So is that the moon or what? Yeah, well, it makes me think of the moon. So perhaps mm-hmm. a Yisod mm-hmm. reference or, or even a moon card reference because this card has some, you know, with yeah. water and the moon yeah. and Pisces. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I can see that. There's more about the serpent that I read from Crowley. So in the book of Thoth, he says, In this inferior darkness of death, the serpent of new life begins to stir. It makes me think of, you know, Binah and Babylon and the cup and mm. pouring out everything, all your waters, all your blood into into the cup. Mm-hmm. This dissolution. Yeah, um, there's a real feeling of surrender. And there's nothing left after that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. I think, I think in uh in his book Magic, he says something about the joy of this card being a dupe to put up with the evils of existence or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'll buy that. Okay. All right. And I also, when I see this card, it, I always think of, so we mentioned the moon and Pisces mm-hmm. and it makes me think of Neptune and the 12th house. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, they, they call the 12th house the house of self undoing. Mm, right. So it's, right. It, whenever I see this card, I kind of have that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of, uh, dis- dissolution of that carefully put together self. Right. There's that too. Mm-hmm. And then there's also when you were talking about Odin and the eye and, you know, the sacrifice of his eye, mm-hmm. it made me think of the, uh, Jesus washing the eyes of the blind. Mm-hmm. There's in the waters. Mm-hmm. So another like, yeah, kind of eye water mm-hmm. reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when, and when you were talking about green for, uh, for, for Venus, we also see those green discs behind the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And behind his foot on the Thoth card. Right, with little nails, which could be bringing in the Hierophant, right. the Vav. Vav. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the um, the wisdom part of it where, you know, you make the sacrifice in order to gain wisdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The 40 rays of the hanged man's halo, those are, 40 is the number of mem. 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights, the inundation. The flood, yes. uh-huh. mm-hmm. right. Another uh, mem reference perhaps is the fact that Book T says that in this card, his mouth is resolutely closed. Yeah, And if you make that sound, mm. your, you, your mouth is resolutely <laughs> yes. closed. Yes, it is. Yes, right. And another thing about, we mentioned, you know, the connection between this card and the wheel being mm-hmm. opposite each other. Another thing that strikes me is, so the wheel is all about motion and revolution, where this card is all about stillness mm-hmm. and dissolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. I can see that. Yeah. And when you were saying about um, the waters of Bina and, you know, giving it all, um, the magical weapon associated with it. This is the cup and sacramental wine, I believe. Yeah, another thing about this card and the idea of sacrifice, the, one of the several reasons that Crowley calls it the cenotaph, false yeah. tomb mm-hmm. or empty empty tomb is mm-hmm. the idea that in this new aeon, sacrifice is a wrong idea. In the aeon of Horus? Yes, that mm-hmm. it should, and mm-hmm. that's a fire, you know, the, this was appropriate in the of Eon of Isis and Osiris, Isis mm-hmm. being the watery Eon and mm-hmm. Osiris being the air Eon, but the, the fire Eon is just purely opposite to that, mm-hmm. that idea of, uh, redemption through sacrifice. Mm. I sometimes think of with these cards how one fought, one trump follows another. And so the next card being death, this is like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the baptism or the dissolving that precedes death in that mm-hmm. whole process. Yeah. The, yeah. There does seem to be a def- definite flow between the trumps if you look at them in order. There and- does, especially from, from this card to death, because there's, you have to have the sacrifice first, but then the death card isn't really so much about, about that moment death of itself, death as right. transforming from death into, right. you know, the fertility of death. To create a new life. A new state. Mm -hmm. So between the two of them, they kind of uh, cover before and after. (laughs) There's a interesting point people like to make about the tree and the hanged man, and it's covered with green leaves um, at the top, which some people have considered to be ivy, which is a, you know, it, it is a associated with sacrificial gods like Dionysus, Bacchus, um, the idea that you, although the tree has been cut, it permits life to flourish. And again, that's that same theme that we've mm. been talking about. There's also the, um, going back to the, the death thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a sexual component to this card, as it seems like there's a sexual component to, <laughs> to every card. To every card. Uh, you know, the, the, the little Yeah, we death, haven't said the per- P word yet. Perhaps <laughs> the, you know, the, yeah, the little death. The little the death, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, could be. Well, again, that's that. That's and another the, form yeah. of gnosis, right? Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, so we could go to colors okay. if you're ready. Yeah. So it's fairly obvious looking at the Crowley card what the colors are. We have the deep <laughs> blues and greens and, you know, there's I think there's um, 
olive green, and then there's supposed to be a white flecked with purple or violet. Yeah, where is that? Sounds well, like a trout's belly or something. Yeah, I think it's just part of the, you know, the reflection in the waters. His there flesh sort of has a little bit of that A little quality. bit of that white, mm-hmm. purpley, yeah. Yeah. So the green definitely brings in a, a Venusian mm-hmm. influence. Mm-hmm. Probably whenever you see the Venusian influence, it's a reminder that love is involved. So this sacrifice, you know, has to come from that place. Mm-hmm. Love with an impulse to growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, even though it's a water card and, you know, and this is a fire myth, I often think of Prometheus with this card just because of the sacrificial aspect. It's sort of like, you know, this is the gift that we bring to humanity and for it we are punished, you know, as he was chained to the rock and his liver eaten out. Let's see. I'm going back to the, uh, the sex death, mm-hmm. little death. I think I've seen this card referred to as Annihilation of the Self in the Beloved. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Is that Crowley? What yeah. Do you think? Sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the Ankh thing, the whole going, the idea of going. But yeah, in this card, there's it's stillness. Mm-hmm. So it's kind hmm. of interesting there that, mm-hmm. but the Ankh is upside down. Right. So perhaps it's, you know, the opposite of going, it's remaining still. Um, Ankh as, uh, talk a little bit more about Ankh as the principle of going. Is that a oh, so the, reference? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ankh is the shape of the sandal strap in, in Egyptian hieroglyphs. The sandal strap was, um, means to go or mm-hmm. the idea of going or motion. Mm-hmm. So the Ankh was another, um, kind of symbol for for that mm-hmm. process of motion whereas mm-hmm. since it's reversed in this card perhaps that's why the idea of stillness seems yeah so oh, that's interesting prevalent in the card i think we saw the unk on on the on the magus card as well didn't we mm-hmm. so mercury as the principle of yeah, perpetual motion yeah we saw it on his toe he was yeah. wear, wearing the sandal strap yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. snake unk. snake sandals yes. sandal strap unk thing <laughs> Snakeskin sandals. <laughs> Mercury snakeskin sandals. Yeah. It's almost mm-hmm. like, too, the, the cross and triangle thing. Mm-hmm. So if you, since he's the hanged man and he's upside down, I was wondering, you know, if you flipped that over, it's not quite because the triangle is reversed, but it's almost like the glyph of sulfur, but with the triangle yes. in the position in, of water rather than of fire. Mm. Mm. For what it's worth. Right, sort of reminiscent of the Emperor card, I guess, in terms of the the uh the posture there. Right. Right. It's like the reversal of sulfur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fire and water being Right, being opposed. opposites. Yes. Right. Okay, so um so so generally speaking, in perfume, uh watery things and water are are represented by myrrh. And I have with me Let's see, myrrh and sweet myrrh. Apopenex is another name for sweet myrrh. And I don't really know why exactly myrrh. Myrrh makes me think of Bina. Yeah, yeah, it is the tears of myrrh or tears Mm. of Bina. It is, oh, it is, it does have that um, almost rubbery quality in the background. And 
It's very tricky to use in perfume, I find. I'll um, take the golden frankincense. Yes, exactly. That's what I, <laughs> yeah. my, my myrrh joke. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep the myrrh. Uh, the sweet myrrh. You might want to be careful with this one because it's the synth- synthetic version. It's called bisaboline. It's, and it's really quite pleasant compared to, you know, actual myrrh, but it's considerably sweeter. And that's, uh, that's another commonly used water reference and perfume ingredient. Uh, even today. All right. Um, and because the absolutic path of the hanged man is deep blue, which you can also see, by the way, on the Waitsmith hanged man's tunic, um, blue is associated on the musical scale with the note G sharp, which I think we actually talked about in the high priestess card as well. So that is, um, let's see, C, D, E, F sharp, G sharp. They kind of go up in whole steps, mm. which is why you get red, orange, yellow, green, blue. So, uh, as mm. we'll talk about in the next card, I think G natural would be green, blue, one half step down, sort of like that. Okay, so um that's uh kind of cool that the priestess has the similar note because there's yeah. another moon and water, moon and water reference, reference, right? Right. Yeah. And so, okay, so we've talked a lot about various themes in this card. Um we've talked about the change of perspective, um the element of sacrifice like kind of being a willing martyr for the redemption of the world, uh the renunciation of self-interest, the unconventionality, uh, you know, the state looking, of samadhi. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The moment of gnosis and the moment of stillness as well, which is interesting because, you know, just uh, mundanely, I, I often just get this card as a hanging around waiting card. I don't know. What do you get it for? Sometimes for that. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, uh, one of my decks, well, in, in one of them, it has a, heart hanging outside mm, with like yes. a bee swarm and that's a symbolism of waiting because the swarm is just looking for a place to land mm-hmm. and waiting for mm-hmm. that the scout to return with a safe place to land mm-hmm. and, and you then, have odin on your card yeah as well, and in the other you? in the yeah. other deck there's odin hanging on the tree and there's mm-hmm. in that same position where the swarm is in the other card mm-hmm. there's an egg and that's mm-hmm. another same idea idea right? of gestating and waiting so there yeah. is definitely a sense of uh a pause. Yeah, yeah. A stillness and a pause. So when you get this card, it's a an, truce. It's an opportunity to, um, it may feel like you're on hold, but that's an opportunity to shift your perspective, uh, and look at things in a completely different light because, uh, those to sacrifice the, um, your perspective on the world that you may have been holding on to. It's a, it's a pretty tricky card in a lot of ways to interpret. But that's how I guess it seems to come through for me, unless it just means you're swimming today, <laughs> which also comes through sometimes. Okay, so that was the Hanged Man, His Sacrificial Majesty. And we will be back next time with the unnamed card, Death. See you then.